Thanks for joining us today. My name is Michael Millen. This is live with Miami's Community News. And our guest today is the president of ASA College, Jose Valencia. Welcome and thank you very much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. And and let's talk about ASA. All right. Tell us about the, the history of the school and how it's grown and how you're serving the needs of people in New York as well as here. Uh, ASA started uh, uh, 37 years ago with nine students. And the founder of the school began this school at home in his house. And then as time went on, he felt the need that he began getting more and more students. And so he, um, he rented small space. And then uh, after a few years, a bigger space. And uh, after, I would say up until about 15 years ago, the school grew up exponentially to about 5,500 students. So President Valencia, what type of vision does it, do you have to have to be able to say, we can start this in a living room, right? And to have the vision to say, this could be really significant. Tell us about him. You know, it, this is one of the most difficult things, which is to start from scratch, any business, by the way, and, and turn it into a, uh, an empire. And this is what it is as an empire now. We have uh, um, three campuses, major campuses, uh, one in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan, and one here in Hialeah. Uh, I give uh, the founder, Alex Chigal, um, a lot of credit for it. This is not an easy thing to do, but uh, I think one of the things that he had is he knew from the beginning where he was going to end up. And certainly the educational system has traditionally has shifted a lot in the last 20 and 30 years, when, and especially the last year and a half. But that was really in the works many years ago where people, you know, you didn't have to go onto the campus, right? And that yeah. you could do it, you could go in during the summer and then it was like, you know, do it somewhere else. I, when I was at FIU, I got put into what's called, this is years ago, way before Susan McDowell was born, mm -hmm. right? I was in the external degree program. Yeah. which was do it over there, right, before your internet, and you bring it in. So those visions, right, by these entrepreneurs is really significant, and we should all pay attention to people. That Now, be, how did you wind up being in the position that you're in? I Let me give you a little bit of a, a, a one-minute background of uh, Jose Valencia. I came from Ecuador uh, 40 years ago, and uh, I knew from that time exactly where I was going to end up in the next five years and then after five years, five years after that. And one of the things I realized immediately when I came here to this country was that I needed to get education. Without education, I was, I was going to go nowhere. So I did that. I, I got a two years degree first, then four years, and then in accounting, that was my major. And then I also understood that in order for me to uh, work in that uh, in that industry, that I needed to get my CPA, and I did that. Uh, I passed my CPA in two tries, which is uh, somewhat of an accomplishment. Um, and then I began working for the uh, the uh, New York City Controller's Office um, in the lowest level possible as a staff accountant. 10 years, exactly, 10 years after I left the New York City Controller's Office as the Bureau Chief of uh, Auditing, uh, 
having over a hundred orders under my wing. When did that vision, your vision, start for you? What I, what age were you when you when you started where it got really clear about your path? I think it was the day that I landed here. This I I, I came here because this was the land of opportunities. When I was a very young person, I said to my father, how is it these Cubans can come over here and in three years they have all that stuff? He says, because people, when they come over, they're driven to do that. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the day you landed, but you came here for something, right? Yes. So the vision was really sooner than that, right? And, I, and then when that event happened, which you planned, mm -hmm. right? What, what was it like that day that it was like, this is it. Was it a startle thing? Was it like, well, this is the plan and it's a smooth? You know, I, I, again, I, I think it, it was the reputation that the U.S. had. And I had that in my mind. Uh, so when I came here, I said, no one is going to give me anything unless I get it myself. And I, in order for to get things, I have to do, I have to get an education first. And then after that, by the way, number Thing, the number two thing that you must have in order to succeed is you have to work hard. Someone else is in your same level and is not working and therefore you're going to say, you know what, I shouldn't be working that hard. Then you're bound to fail. So here you are, 10 years New York controller's office, and then you did something that was pretty significant. Tell us about that. Uh, then I left. Well, it was actually, the my boss, the, the controller for the city of New York, decided to run for mayor. Failed miserably. And uh, then I said, my first phase in my professional life ended at that point. So I could go either... Um, Three ways: uh, I could stay in government, go to work for a CPA firm, or go and work for a nonprofit. I decided the nonprofit way because I wanted to give back to the community. The one, the nonprofit that you chose, because ultimately that you decided to go there, whether it was your only offer or one of many. Why did you go do to that one in particular? Because this organization assisted immigrants. And one of the two passions that I have is education and immigration. And, and so I decided to go for this organ, work for this organization by the name of the New York Association for New Americans. And, uh, and I went there as the controller, became the CFO, the COO, and finally, the president of the company. Pretty amazing. And at a, at a relatively young age. $100 million budget. Amazing. And we resettled 500,000 Soviet Jews in the metropolitan area in New York City. Coincidentally, one of them was the owner of ASA College. And that's where it began. Yes. So I had mentioned earlier about uh, about us being soulful. I was at a, a doctor's office and she said, where are you from? And I said, from Miami. And she said to me, where are you from? And I said, oh, Ukraine. And she looked at me and she said, I knew that because she's, her family was from there. 
And so when you mention this, there's certainly that connection about the struggles of immigrants and how so many people, you know, need a hand, all right? And to be able to help them get to the next step. So when you came to the United States, who was here for you? How did you make that transition? You know, I can say I, my family was here. Uh, my sister, my, my two sisters, and my two brothers. But other than that, I really did not know that there were organizations here that could help you. And, and, and I never asked for help. I just did it on my own. So here you are, you're working for this for this organization that won a $100 million budget, help, helping resettle immigrants, and you run into the president of ASA College. Absolutely. And one of the things that, that I, I, um, I spoke to Alex Chigal, uh, that he needed to participate in this organization as a board member, because he needed to give back to the community who yep. helped him. You lassoed him. And, and he did. And he did. He became a board member. And, and that's how my relationship or my connections with ASA began. Um, uh, after uh, 17 years at uh, um, this organization, nonprofit organization, I decided that I needed to go back to my roots, which is the Hispanic community, and try to help the Hispanic community in any way I can. And, um, sorry, and where was the nonprofit? Was that? Is it, it was in uh, Manhattan. Manhattan. So you said I want right, to. So you have to help Hispanics. So Hispanics, and and therefore it took me uh, uh, about uh, a year to find a suitable organization. And I found one in the Bronx uh, and because that's where the needs are in the, in the Hispanic community. I, I was speaking with now past the Reverend, his name was Reverend Green, and he said to me, um, Michael, do you know who gets winds up with Habitat for Humanity Homes? And I said, who's that? He says, people that fill out the forms. And if nobody's, if they don't fill out the forms, for sure they can't get them. It was that kind of awareness just about 30 years ago. I went, oh, so people need to have direction, somebody to be able to say, try this and this. And I think it is all of our responsibility to lend a hand when it's needed. But with you, it's something special, right? Because of the things that you chose to do with your life. Absolutely. And uh, I, I went to the Bronx. Um, and, and the Bronx is, is a whole different borough from New York City. I mean, there's five boroughs there. And, and uh, um, the Bronx is the most difficult one. The, 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 the need for social services is so great. Uh, people with drug addiction, uh, homelessness, uh, uh, AIDS epidemic there. Um, I said, no, I got to go there. Where did that come, where does that come from in you? How did you capture that, that need, desire? I think it's something that is deep inside me uh, and the way I behave professionally, I behave personally. I'm, uh, I'm uh, one of uh, 11 brothers and sisters. And in my family, I'm in, right in the middle. I'm the sixth kid. And my sister and I, the number five and number six, we have become the the chiefs of the family. We are the ones who resolve issues in the family. And we really do it not only with resources, 
our own resources, but also providing advice. So it's, it's something that you have it or you don't. And, and, uh, uh, and I do that professionally. You know, in, 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 uh, I'm going to give you an example. Someone at uh, the New York Association that, I, uh, that, that came in, this, this particular um, woman uh, came for help. Her husband beat her up. She was involving a very bad uh, domestic violence, had uh, four or five kids. I put the entire resources of the agency. I call all of the chiefs of each of the departments and say, I want this woman to be self-sufficient in 30 days. And we got them on order protection. We got, uh, the, we selected the schools for the, the kids. We gave them um, uh, the, the family uh, uh, money for food. We gave them furniture. We got them an apartment, the whole works. Pretty fulfilling work. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, since my work in, in, in NAYANA, that's the acronym for this organization, I have come to realize you cannot save everyone. You can save one at a time. You can save one person at a time. And, and I think that that philosophy has come with me, has accompanied me all of my professional life, including here at ASA. So when you look at that, you say, okay, so you're the president of ASA College, so you have an opportunity to do it one at a time here, one here, and one here, and one here. And as, as you've explained, the education is not just important, it's vital, and it gives all of us a chance to be able to figure out things that are going on inside and how to do that. Let's talk a little bit about the school. Yeah. So, so I, and I went to work to the Bronx. I, I figured that would be my last job, professional job, until I got a phone call from Alex, who said, when you came and asked me for my help to become a board member, what did I say? Yes. Okay. I'm asking you now to come to ASA. I need you. They were, they were undergoing a middle states process and they needed someone with a financial background. How long was it from the time you called him, that you met him and then you called him and said, I need you on the board until you received that call? That was about, uh, I would say five, six years. He was waiting all those years, was waiting, yeah. waiting for you. And, and, and your it, answer then was what? It was, let me think about it. And uh, after 10 minutes, I called him back. <laughs> And, and, and uh, I say yes. I, and the reason why I say yes is because ASA, at that time, we only had two campuses in Brooklyn and, and, and Manhattan. We had 40% Hispanics. The, the student body was 40% Hispanics and 42% African-American. And I said, this is how I'm going to make a mark in the next few years. And I, I, I uh, you know, uh, I, I came to ASA that way. So one of the things we recognize in our lives, we have defaults that happen all the time, and you see it in the people that you that you socialize with. And so often that we realize that we have to remind ourselves, this is the default, but that's not where you want to be. You want to be outside of this. Mm -hmm. And about the time I was meeting the young lady that's sitting across mm -hmm. from us, I wound up at a breakfast, one that we were uh, holding, and there were about 40 people there. And then the now mayor, uh, Daniela Levinkaba came over to me. She said to me, Michael, there's about 40 people here and there's only three women. And I said, I know that. And I'm sorry. And I'm going to fix it. And and so we each have to go out of our way. And when the next time she showed up at the thing, 
at one of our meetings, uh, Wilbur Bell, African-American, stood up and he said, this is like the armed services. There's somebody from everywhere. Mm -hmm. We understand the difference that that can make when we become inclusive right. and to help the people that need it the most so that you can train a whole new generation. So here you are, you're the president now of ASA. You've been there for how many years now? Uh, 13 years. Wow. So tell us about the school. Uh, the, I have to tell you, of course, my opinion is biased, but this is happening to be a very, very good school. In fact, um, we underwent a, a, a strategic planning process uh, about a couple of years ago. And one of the things that I decided is uh, uh, to come up with a slogan for the school that described what it is. And I came up with one. And he said, ASA is the college of choice for New Yorkers and Floridians. Nice. Now, let me, for people that are saying, what does ASA stand for? It sort of evolved over the years, but tell us. ASA actually stands for ASA. That's that's the name. Okay. <clears throat> it, 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 it actually did come from a name, but I would prefer to say ASA is ASA College. Okay. Uh, um, and uh, this is stands for excellence. It, start, it, it, it stands for respect for our students. When we see one stu prospective student walking into a door, we don't see, oh, here comes somebody who is going to be paying. No, here comes somebody who is going to be graduating from ASA. Sometimes the, the mentors that are around people that may not even know that they're mentors mm -hmm. see something, all right, mm -hmm. that maybe even that person doesn't see. They don't feel it, or maybe they're not confident about it. So how do you get your faculty and the staff to be able to support the and help people become their best? This is one of the most difficult things because uh, in any somewhat semi, uh, large or semi-large organization, it's very difficult to get everyone in sync. But this is what I do. This is my job at ASA is to be the face of the school, but also to make sure that everyone is going to one direction, the one from point A to point B. And, and it's extremely difficult, yet, you know, it's, it has to be done. And everyone, what do I want from the staff? I want, number one, to show respect for our students. Our students are number one, no matter what. Once they come in into the school, they deserve to graduate. And in order to go from day one to graduation, it takes uh, so many steps. Filling out the application, convincing them, by the way, that ASA is the right school. Then we have to help them with uh, uh, financial aid, setting up the classes. Then after that, teaching them and teaching them in a the best way that we can. So President, when people look at those forms, Sometimes it's overwhelming because they get really anxious. And even though they might be simple, right? Do they say, I need some help? And you can sit down with them, you sit across from them, and you check off the boxes that are needed. Because a lot of people get afraid of that, and we see that, right? There's no question, by the way. Our students, by the way, are not your typical students, okay? In a lot of instances, our students are the first to go to college in the family. So... This is not something that, you know, th th this is the third, fourth, fifth generation that are going to college and graduating for getting masters. No, these are 
our students, a significant number are first time. That becomes a generational thing. Meaning in 50 years from now, grandpa, he was, he was the first one in the college, you know, to graduate from college. So it's not just getting education, it's setting a standard for their family and for their future families that, that follow in line pretty significant for us. You were just uh, honored by, you were asked to join a, an organization, the, uh, I wanna make sure I have it right, Florida Association of Post-Secondary Schools and Colleges. Yes, yes. Uh, tell us about that. You know, one of the things that, uh, he, uh, that one, the president has to do is like I said, is to be the face of the college. Uh, and we have to, the presidents, have a higher uh, uh, authority, a higher objective, and that is that we need to sell the whole uh, 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 system of uh, private colleges to the to the community. So um, this association is is an association of uh, private schools, and and we try to uh, 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 raise uh, the importance of why you need education. And, and 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 we are competing against governmental colleges uh, that offer offer uh, significant benefits. We offer good education, and 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 uh, if you if you compare graduation rates, uh, default rates, um, the uh, um, any other uh, criteria that the government imposes on private colleges against government-funded colleges, we come out better. Because people try hard. Now, how, tell me, how many years has the association been helping people? This association has been, uh, I, uh, I believe it was funded about uh, maybe five, six years ago, right. and, and, and it's important to do this. So, and, and they are, they, they deal with the legislative issues. Absolutely. And, and trying to bring awareness to the people that create the laws and that can support the laws. And, and so it's important that they, on this board, are people that are intelligent, that are movers and shakers. Absolutely. And sooner or later, if the people that help make the laws are, need to become aware of these organizations so they, they can help. Absolutely. And by the way, I just want to say that there is a sentiment uh, among some people and also in Washington, D.C., the state legislatures and uh, local governments against private colleges. You know, we're called the for-profit colleges. We're not for-profits. In fact, we make less profits than uh, some of the non-profits. It certainly is a misnomer. No question. When we hear non-profit. Non-profits make money. They hire people. They have people in the community. They provide a service, right? And so I get, I get it, right? In the sense that we're, everybody's providing a service. That's a, I think it's a real misnomer and people are really misled. And therefore, if you're this over here, you're good. And if you're over here, right, you're not good, right? I think that uh, there should be a, a different sort of name on that. You can count out the people that say, oh, we're not, not for profit. They're doing it because they think that it helps them. We call some, some people in the industry, in the private school industry, we call our industry to be the tax paying <laughs> industry. Very well done. So here we are uh, with your school here. Now I understand that you started uh, uh, 
being involved with sports? How long you've been in, involved with that? We actually got uh, involved in sports since 2008. So why would a young man, young woman that lives in Miami, right? Say, I'm going to go over to ASA. Tell us some of the reasons why they should, should choose that. <clears throat> One is our, our um, sports program is an excellent program. Which programs do you have? Uh, we have football, soccer, baseball, and we're going to have volleyball in, in the fall. And, and by the way, we used to have tennis and we were national champions for many years. And by the, so the University of Miami, by the way, you know, they're, they have a, a great tennis team over there, right? Yes. And it's like every once in a while I hear it, I would sort of like giggle to myself because I'm thinking about, you know, football and things like that. They also, by the way, have a big um, uh, uh, riding academies, all right, where they, for, a horse, for horses. And I happen to live out where there are a lot of horses, so I'm sort of connected to that. So a young man here in Miami, they could go to ASA.com, mm -hmm. right? They can find out yeah. about that. So tell us about the, the where they where they play ball. Where does that take place? We actually play uh, um, ball, uh, football, uh, soccer. Soccer we play in the in state. Football because there is no other JUCO program in Florida. We have to play out out of state. Mm -hmm. So we play in, in Georgia, uh, New Jersey, Utah. So so a young man could go to college. ASA, you're going to help walk them through the process, mm -hmm. right? And and they can, if they qualify, they can play a sport, mm -hmm. right? And they can get an education. Where can they find out about the classes that you would offer? Well, and if uh, the easiest way is to go to uh, ASA.edu, and uh, we'll walk you uh, through the process uh, in, via internet. If not, uh, th there's a way to leave a message there, and we'll contact person immediately you know there might be a young man that's looking or a young woman that's looking at you and say well, you know where did he get this from did you have 10 brothers and sisters yes 10 uh, 11 11 uh, brothers uh, and sisters uh, there was a dozen yes a dozen 10 11 siblings that is tremendous all right who were some of your greater influences growing up no question my father and grandfather my heroes and what is it if if you if somebody's looking right now, say what is it, some of the things they did that stuck with you that you are, are acutely aware of? I think in both the uh, working habits, no question. You want something in life, you have to earn it. And uh, tell us about your family. I have six kids. I have eleven. Uh, this is some family grand, reunion, folks. Grandchildren. And uh, I am going to have the 12th grandchildren in the next couple of days. So you are successful in your family life, successful in business, successful in sharing and giving to the community. Your work has really affected thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Well, in, in through Nayana, it was hundreds. Tell me about your fulfillment in your life, knowing that you've done that. You know, uh, I, I was talking to someone uh, the other day and I said to this person that I want to leave a legacy here. I want people to remember me because you really don't die 
until people forget you. That's when you really die. And I think that uh, I have helped personally, uh, um, either personally or professionally, many, many, many people. And I think that they remember me. Even though I had been depressed, in many instances I have gotten involved, like this young lady that was involved in a domestic violence. I'm sure that she, I, you know, I don't remember her name. No. She will remember my name. And she will remember the good things that you did yeah. for her. And when that happens, it, again, as we pointed out earlier, it's not just that one person. It's their whole family unit. It's their, it's all of their friends and associates Absolutely. say, Absolutely. you know, that guy over there, what was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's what they were able to do. So what is the next project that you're working and, on? And, and before we answer that, I just want to tell you also that at ASA, I, would, I, I think I spent probably 30% of my time talking to students. It's not that I talk to them. They come to me. And some of my staff said, you know, you should not be talking to, to them that much because, in essence, they're trying to bypass the, 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 the procedures. But I, they call me. They email me. And they know that I answer right away. One of the great things about doing things like that is that they never forget that. Right? They go, I was talking so and so today. What about this one of that? And we see politicians when they do that, all right, where it, uh, you want to be able to say, I got connected to where I saw so and so. All that matters a lot. You really lift people up when, when you do that. And, and that's the key word that you just mentioned lift. That's what ASA in particular does. We lift people to the next level. And well, we do it every day one person at a time well it, it has been our pleasure uh talking with you today and i would like you to spend the next minute talking directly into the camera directly into the soul of some people that are watching you now about their future and things that they uh, might want to do which camera tommy right over there well what i would like to do is all uh to the young men who are planning their future like i did you need to start with education and you need to uh, and, uh, pick, I would prefer that you pick ASA, of course, but pick at school and go to school, study and study hard and graduate, important, because in your next step, in your next level up, you are going to require uh, education. Education is the key that opens doors, and you need to do that. Of course, come to ASA, and uh, we'll tell you all of the programs, wonderful programs that we have, and hopefully you will be enrolled in our school. Thank you very much. And our guest today is the ASA College President, Jose Valencia, and I appreciate the fine work and the lives that you are changing. And want to thank Tommy, who's producing the show, and our studio audience back there. Get back to the gym already. <laughs> All right, folks, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Have a great afternoon.